Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's leadersinconsulting.com. See you there. My first mentor um, always said, um, "You are even if you have your own company, you're always reporting to somebody. If it, maybe at the end, it's your wife or your bank <laughs> or your partner." So, from my personal perspective, I get the, those question the question all the time, especially from other entrepreneurs. But there is no huge change. I think if you are a well-performing person and to push your company forward, you have always to um, yeah to talk and to get into discussions with other people, yeah, with some experienced guys from the industry, with some competitors, yeah. And I did that from the early beginning because, you know, again, I wasn't corporate educated, so I have to learn my lessons from customers, from other experienced guys. So, um, and that's, it's like it is today, yeah. We have something to board, yeah. We have, um, every quarter we have discussion, yeah. And I can call Kai, Chris, all the other guys from Emmerman, we personal um, relation, Every time I have a question and we challenge it. Yeah. So, and um, I think that pushed me forward in the company. Welcome to the Leaders in Consulting podcast, the show that delivers cutting edge insights from other leaders of consulting companies. This episode is part of a special series of interviews recorded in front of a live audience at the 2023 Leaders in Consulting conference in Munich. If you want a summary of learnings from each podcast or you want to meet other consulting leaders at our monthly in-person meetups, head to leadersinconsulting.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Please note, you must be a partner or managing director of a consulting company with at least 40 employees to be eligible to join our in-person meetups. That said, let's get started with the show. I'm your host, Sammy Gebele, former management consultant and CEO of Savu. So now we have a really interesting story, and I think that story is uh, especially interesting for anyone uh, thinking about going faster than normal. Um, and the topic is um, how the private equity company, Emmerin uh, Capital Partners, um, helped build and grow D by E to, to really a crazy, crazy big, fast growth and big numbers. And you're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, so I'm, I'm welcoming um, Kai from um, a partner from Emmerin Capital Partners and Tillman. Um, he's uh, the one with the initial idea for DYE and um, the CEO of DYE. And um, short intro, um, especially about Tillman. Um, you, you basically started your first company out of university and um, did it so successfully that you could even sell it to a private equity company. You stayed with that private equity company for some time, but left because well, you were not quite happy how it was run and how it was performing. Um, and now the, the good thing is you didn't just say, um, well, I never want to do anything like this again. You thought I can do it better. And um, you created a concept, the concept for DYE, um, and um, found five other companies, or six, six companies it was, six companies um, that, uh, and, and then, so you first found the companies, you had a concept, and then you, you went to private equity companies and pitched that concept and um, basically... Um, well, it depends on who won or how you could say, well, you won them and they won you. <laughs> um, so, so you found each other, so to say. And, um, what, what, when you started 2015? 
Yeah, we started selecting the companies in end of 2014 and 2015 was the time when we pitched for the private equity sponsors, yeah. So operations started... Uh, At the beginning of 2016. Okay, and how big was the company in 2016? Um, around about 40 million euro revenue. Okay, and how big is, is it now? Uh, 100 million revenue. 100 million. So um, that's almost the size where um, if the stock market were good, you could, <laughs> you could go public, yeah. Um, let's see how an exit looks like. But 100 million is a, is a good mark to basically pass as a, as a consulting company. And um, yeah, now we're going to have some questions to both of you. Um, and um, I hope that, and, and afterwards, of course, and um, we don't make it long. It's just 10, 15 minutes, most that we talk. And then uh, the mic is open to you and you can ask any question that you have. So um, let's start with the initial idea you had for DYE. What was it about and um, what did you want to achieve? What, what gap did you see also? Yeah, you, you know, you always mentioned it. Um, I started my own company in the digital professional space at the end of the 90s. And um, most of the founders in our industry did it like me. So we had a lot of companies performing in the mid-20s, which were 10 to 15 years old and um, were driven by entrepreneurs. So they had um, um, achieved a lot yeah, because the industry was quite new, growing very fast. But they didn't have that corporate education. They didn't have that spirit how to, yeah, to, to get in a stable growth phase. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the market was quite fragmented and, um, here was to, um, group, um, some niche players together and form, um, one of the industry leaders that, that's about. So because, you know, and this was worked perfectly, um, large, um, large companies and large clients are looking for large players, yeah, to, guide them through their um, um, challenges. And um, so if you have been a 100-people um, company in the 2015, that would that have been had been enough at that time, but it wouldn't have been enough in 2023. So we thought and we solved it by grouping the companies together. And mm -hmm. yeah. So that directly ties into the, the, the next question for both of you. So what advantages do you see in, in building... Uh, or doing a roll-up, so to say, building a bigger consulting company. So one thing is you can um, win bigger deals with bigger clients because you are bigger. Yeah. Um, but what else do you see as an advantage? Well, I think there are different concepts um, on rollout. Uh, um, now, one thing is, you know, if you, if you look at the um, very traditional concept, <coughs> then you you basically uh, reach out either to um, uh, regional growth, yeah, or to additional customers or additional channels, you know, that, that is, I would say, the pure play. Um, uh, here in Diva E, it was a bit more complex, uh, but on the other side, oh, also, let's say, um, more value creating and more sustainable, um, as we uh, basically added additional skills. So we broadened our, um, this portfolio. And uh, continuously, basically, um, uh, let's say, had the trade-off between buy and build. Yeah, do we hire and uh, build certain skills, or is route to market uh, faster if we basically um, um, make an add-on uh, acquisition? And that was always, let's say, the uh, trade-off for uh, the management team. Um, if I'm right, we basically after the initial um, group of six companies, another eight or nine or 10 um, businesses. And most of them were really driven by um, adding skill sets um, and, and completing the um, portfolio, the service portfolio in the light 
that let's say blue chip customers are our target client whom we want to serve with certain skills. Mm -hmm. This is right. Yeah. So the value chain is the most important reason. And the other thing is about, especially if you are an industry like ours, which was not really, um, yeah, long, long life experience. You are, it's very hard for private equity to get, um, targets from a sweet spot up to six from starting from six million euro EBITDA. So there was no company performing at that level in 2015. Yeah. Only large enterprise companies, which already were part of networks. So the only chance is if you, go as PE sponsor in that market to group the companies together. Yeah? Otherwise, you start with a very small target and um, that's not uh, the way private equity acts. So yeah, that's one of the reasons um, why, why some players in our industry uh, kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we had our, our podcast. So if anyone wants to hear the full story, um, there's a Leaders in Consulting podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find it. So I know a little bit um, more of these advantages. You also said that it's good for talent attraction if you are um, a bigger player. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, that's in our industry, I think in yours as well, um, the most important, but it has been the most important fact um, when we looked uh, 12, 12 months ago, but it changed a little bit um, um, under um, the, the last. But, um, you know, it's, it's all about size. Yeah, you can offer, if you are a 100-people company, you can't offer... A carrier track for your people. So you have no, um, international offices. You have uh, no, no strong cross tracks because if you are maybe a business unit leader, there's only the entrepreneur, um, heading the company, um, above you. So if you are a company like ours, we have offices in San Sao Paulo, Cincinnati, Sofia, as well as different carrier levels and tracks makes you much more attractive for talents. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh. Because you did it twice, yeah, and the first one, uh, the first experience with private equity, you didn't like that much. Um, what didn't you like about your first experience? And and the follow up is, what did you learn from that? And did uh, and what did you do differently because of that? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I didn't like it because uh, honestly, I sold my company, so I liked it very much. <laughs> um, but you know, it was more about the um, so. So first of all, what is to say, I, I found my company and I did it 15 years on my own. So. I thought I've seen everything if you are entrepreneurs, but when I got in the first contact with private equity, I learned a lot of how to go on a really professional way over your industry, even if you're not familiar with the industry. So I learned a lot and um, we, it's so it's public. I can, I can drop that name. It was done with EQT, which is a very professional partner and it was done in a very professional way. So nothing to say about that, but, um, and that is, um, especially um, my role in the actual project and will be maybe in, in future project, my role is that they, those guys that didn't have any of the cultural spirit of bringing entrepreneurial driven companies together. So it's a total different case. If you, especially in the people business, if you group six companies, which have all two or three founders, so we're talking to 25 to 30 entrepreneurs together and have to deal with them. Or if you buy a company which corporate educated guys, um, it's totally another way to deal with. And that was a problem. Uh, um, so um, they were not able to handle those type of personality uh, in the right and perfect way. And that led to the point that most of the guys, um, me as well, left the company after the lock period of two years. And, you know, in an entrepreneurial people company, if the founder leaves yeah, and you have no idea how to... Um, keep the DNA going on. 
uh, you will lose some more people, especially the important ones, and then the business drops. Yeah. yeah. And um, so what did you do differently when you, because you were the first one looking for these founders. So it's not only, I assume, that for the right companies in terms of who they're targeting and what their skill sets are, you also looked at those people. Yeah, first of all, our story was driven by a totally different mindset. We said, okay, let's get rich together. So we didn't search for um, um, entrepreneurs who wanted to sell their companies. We searched for entrepreneurs who wanted to make their company larger and play a larger game. So um, all of the guys regrouped uh, around 24 people. Yeah, okay, Some of them left because they were near to the retirement age, but are still... Um, 15 people of the entrepreneurs, former entrepreneurs performing. So they are driven by the idea to form something bigger and being one of the market leaders in Germany and that's not performing a company with 100 people. So, and that is a total different, um, mindset. That was the initial idea we agreed about. Um, and then that came up with some more commercial conditions, which, um, reflect that initial idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, if I may add, you know, from a, from a concept perspective, when, Hillman uh, approached, uh, he had a list of um, target companies, which was one thing, you know, but he also had a pre-discussed um, um, post-merger integration book uh, of 100 pages, you know, with everybody who had basically bought into the leadership structure, who is basically leading or co-leading the group, uh, who is basically in charge of um, uh, sales or marketing or certain um, verticals. And uh, even the name basically was on, you know, so it was clear they dropped their uh, company names and will all be um, marketed under the roof of um, um, uh, digital value excellence, you know, and uh, so that was all worked out and pre-agreed. So there was a complete agreed on concept uh, when, when uh, they hit the road, you know, and uh, um, that for us, you know, was uh, really compelling and attractive and, uh, and it worked, um, uh, out properly. And, and I asked, maybe you already answered, uh, with a statement, but uh, why did you finally invest into or wanted to invest into DBAE besides the reason that you already mentioned? We invest in entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that's, um, that's, that's good for anyone who's thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, how is it working with uh, private equity, Tillman? Because, I mean, you, you were running your own company and then you worked for two different, um, worked for, I said, because now you're not your own boss anymore. Um, you have someone you have to report to. How is it working? And what are the advantages and disadvantages? So my, 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 my first mentor um, always said, um, you are, uh, even if you have your own company, you're always reporting to somebody, if it maybe. At the end, it's your wife or your bank <laughs> or your partner. So from my personal perspective, um, there's an, I get the, those questions, the question all the time, especially from other entrepreneurs, but there is no huge change. I think if you are a well-performing person and if you want to push your company forward, you have always to, um, yeah, to talk and to get into discussions with other people, yeah, with some experienced guys from the industry, with some competitors, yeah. And I did that from the early beginning because, you know, again, I wasn't corporate educated. So I have to learn my lessons from customers, from other experienced guys. So, um, and this is, it's like it is today. Yeah. We have something support. Yeah. We have, um, every quarter we have discussion. Yeah. 
and I can call Kai, Chris, all the other guys from Imran, we personal um, relation every time I have a question and we challenge it. Yeah. So, and um, I think that pushed me forward in the company, but there's no huge change. <laughs> but again, yeah, if you are, if you're not interested in um, um, uh, performing some P&L figures or discussing that, then it's maybe, then you're on the right, on the wrong way. But even if you do something like a bank refinancing, uh, you have to do that. So there's, from my perspective, there's no huge change. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's something that I already know from our, always had mentors. You always looked for people that could uh, fill gaps where you know you have gaps that could uh, push you to, to your basically positive limits. And that's what you also have with, um, MM Capital Partners. So that's, that's good that it's because if you never did it, um, you might think it's like these, um, So the guys that, uh, try to like, um, increase margin and, and push everyone. But this feels like um, really um, a totally different relationship that you have. You still have to perform um, and you still have to hit your numbers. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's more, it feels like a Yeah, it's but, a but you have to perform every time. If you're on your, if you, if, especially if you're on your own and you're maybe, I started my company with, my, with 500 euro in the late 90s. So I had to perform because there was no more money. Yeah? Maybe I could have asked my parents. So and I, honestly, now it's a little bit easier because I can go to those guys and they have a professional way to fund money. And they have a professional contact to, to um, debt um, possibilities. So you have to perform it every time. That's what I tell my employees. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see the difference. But but again, yeah, if you are not used to discuss your decisions with other people, what is always a bad idea from my point of view. But if you don't um, experience that way to work, then maybe it changes your way to work in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, maybe last question before we open the the, the mic uh, for for questions. Um, Kai, we have some some people that might um, play with the idea of of going in the direction of building um, a bigger company because they see a niche. They they are running or working in a company that could do that. What kind of advice would you have if someone uh, wants to go the route that um, Timon did go? <laughs> what is my why? I, I think um, um, I think it's a it's a matter of um, uh, your ambition and uh, your um, let's say plan of life. You know, if you um, uh, if you look out for somebody who might help you uh, to boost this and uh, take it to uh, let's say the next uh, level a bit faster than you might be able to do that alone, uh, then more private equity might be um, a good partner, you know. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's, um, uh, we, we, we have done that um, uh, numerous times in different um, uh, setups. Um, uh, at the end, we are, let's say, a very growth-oriented um, uh, business partner um, for all entrepreneurs in the service um, space. Mm -hmm. Very good. And what kind of general KPIs would you have to hit uh, to make a private equity company happy in terms of growth or also margin or EBITDA margin? Um, I don't think there is a um, one size fits all um, uh, answer. Um, uh, and uh, over the last uh, couple of years, uh, we have uh, even more to smaller but faster growing <coughs> companies. Yeah. So, um, what, what is small? 
Small is, I would say, um, a business that is 10 million in sales, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but then basically grows um, 50% plus, you know, that, uh, that is from a sales or um, a BTA target perhaps too small, you know, but um, uh, if we basically see the, the growth perspective, uh, uh, we start uh, thinking about um, uh, adding other services or businesses or products, um, how to internationalize the business um, and um, how to build up structures and processes to make that business uh, grow even faster and become more profitable. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as we realize uh, we, we basically have a concept and uh, and aligned interests in how how and where to get the company within the next five or ten years, um, uh, then we are then we are the play. Awesome. So um, now we have some mix here. If you have a question, raise your hand. We have um, two, two, three questions maybe at most that we can um, have here. Anyone wants to ask something? Hi, my name is Marcus from Deconium. How do you um, identify the right entrepreneurs? Um, you were just talking about those smaller companies um, and there are a lot around and probably not all of them have the possibility to grow that fast as you would like to have it. So what are you looking for? What are the most important criteria for you to identify the targets? First of all, we basically look at uh, at the markets. You know, if um, we do not invest in markets um, that uh, have no growth um, um, perspective, yeah, and um, uh, and then um, um, normally we basically try to um, find businesses uh, that outperform the market. And there, you know, it's not a matter of how large you are, how how um, mature your business is. It's a matter of do you do something better than most or all of your um, uh, competitors? And can you phrase that clearly? And um, uh, do you have a concept um, how to grow into a number one or number two um, um, market uh, position? And um, if that, if you're clear in your mind, about where you are and where you want to get. And you basically need a partner to, let's say, enable your organization to move fast enough and provide you with advice and capital to achieve those targets. Um, uh, then, then we are happy if you start discussions with us. How do you match the PE culture with the culture of a family business or of a startup? Uh, I see big discrepancies on that. Yeah, that's what um, I mentioned from my first experience. Uh, that is the most, um, yeah, the, the most challenging game um, if you um, group those companies around. Um, and I, so I see my role, especially as a translator. Uh, I've I've been working for private equity companies since I sold my first company. After that, I've been acting as industrial advisor. So I know the industry. I know how it works and. For sure, I have to translate one thing or another thing to my team and especially to the company DNA. Um, so you need always some, some, some experienced leader who is uh, um, able or who knows both industries. Yeah. Because there is, for sure, there is a cultural difference. But, uh, yeah, most of the 
uh, managers you you have uh, on your team they are um, they are they are common with the idea of growth and um, operate with um, attractive margins so it's not that huge challenge but you have to translate one or the other idea but I think that's always the same if you have institutional shareholders it's not about not only about private equity could also be a family office or something like that all of them they have idea of returns of their invested equity and you have to translate daily business and daily operations okay um, so we had one last question yeah Dieter Dieter Schneiderbauer ECM Ventures uh, you, you said that you are looking for entrepreneurs um, and then you into the company you make them uh, business unit managers for the sector or kind of uh, product leads or whatever how are you going to incentivize the entrepreneurs when they have sold off their company's shares are they getting shares of the new company and what is in for them if they are a successful safe over the next five years yeah um i think diva e was a very special situation you know where we really had um Uh, those twenty uh, plus entrepreneurs, uh, where it became obvious, you know, that everybody can be the chief executive officer, yeah? um, and uh, and then you basically have to agree upon this uh, leadership uh, situation. That is not the normal situation, um, but um, um, uh, indeed we have in many cases uh, teamed up uh, with founders um, uh, of um, uh, of companies. Um, and um, and we never in uh, basically buy hundred percent of the company. You know, we are financial minds. We we basically understand properly Hillman's business. Uh, we can challenge him. I think we can provide good advice and also let's say let's say a, a, a certain um, uh, at, at, at times we are a kind of outsourced. Um, Uh, support uh, um, uh, organization for for him, but in a normal situation, um, we invite the entrepreneurs to reinvest um, in businesses or in the buy and build concept. Yeah, and uh, that basically goes up to you know we have uh, most recently um, invested into. Uh, a business uh, where the entrepreneur basically had reinvested 49%, you know, because he's so convinced uh, about the growth opportunity of his business. But given the dynamic in the market and his own business, he didn't dare to run the next five or 10 years uh, um, uh, on his own because he thought, I need a partner to exploit the full potential of the market opportunity. You know, and um, and 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 then we basically define um, a, a concept and a strategy. What kind of businesses in which um, uh, uh, in which market segments uh, do we want to address? You know, what want to what do we want to add um, uh, to the existing skill set um, to really boost the profitability of this business? And uh, that's how we align interests. So, thanks a lot, Kai, Tillmann. I hope it was inspiring and interesting for you. Thanks a lot. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at leadersinconsulting.com to get key takeaways from this podcast delivered straight to your inbox. 
and to learn more about how you can join our community of consultancy leaders from around the world. You'd really make my day if you left us a review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And who knows, maybe we can meet each other at the next Leaders in Consulting monthly meetup. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Your host, Sam.